This summer, we're bringing you double koi gig. Let's get to the Russo goal straight away. Like, a back heel nutmeg. Like, it was... <laughs> for me, it was one of the moments of the tournament. Subscribe to the OTB Koi Gig pod on the OTB Sports app now. And you're welcome back here to Off the Ball Saturday on News Talk. John Duggan with you through to five. Now, just under two weeks ago, Limerick Senior Hurlers won the All-Ireland for the third year in a row, the fourth year in five, and a thrilling final against Kilkenny at Croke Park, just a two-point win. One man has been on the whole journey, the whole way through from 2018, even back to underage 2015 All-Ireland winner at underage level, Dara O'Donovan from Dune. Dara, how are you? Uh, good. Uh, good now, yourselves. Not too bad. What's the last fortnight been like for you, Dara? I suppose uh, last week, just gone. It was very wild. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the partying, so uh, it was uh, it was good crack. There was a lot of late nights and a lot of early mornings, so uh, very little sleep. So just catching up on it now and find early getting home from work in the evenings, uh, going to bed early. So uh, no, it was very enjoyable and it was great to to enjoy it with the supporters now as well. Uh, getting around to meet them again. I suppose the last two years been. Those wins we weren't here to celebrate with, with 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 the supporters and with the local communities and with uh, the kids and things like that. So it's been a it's it's been nice, you know. It's been very nice. Did you see parts of Limerick you would normally see? Yeah, yeah, a few places now. You know, I might be welcome there most weeks. You know, <laughs> after you goes welcome, you know. So uh, yeah, might be welcome back again after some of the partying. But no, 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 all good. It was all good. I think I remember a few years ago, was there some bar or something in, in, in maybe the rural Limerick that one of the players was involved in and they all ended up there or something like that? Yeah, Nicky Quaid. Nicky Quaid and Bear there, Davies Bear out in Effin. Uh, if you're going to Effin now from Limerick City, uh, it is uh, an adventure. It's like a tour. School right. tour. School tour uh, not a good crack though. And uh, Nicky was always very accommodating and all the lads down there. And, you know, it was, a nice, it was nice, nice to got down there in those previous years. You're on the Tipperary border. Have you brought Lee McCarthy down to Dune yet? No, not yet. No, not yet. Um, I suppose maybe in the next couple of weeks we might get it down there. I know I was down there at the, the cool camp during the week, but I suppose collectively as a group um, for the Dune, for the Dune club men there, and we might bring him back there soon. But I know it'll be a nice touch to bring him back to the club. And we're, you know, we're a small, small club, uh, picking from a very small area. And it's nice that we have with so many lads on the squad and in, in recent years we've even had more you know Is there much of a rivalry you tip down there is there? Absolutely absolutely yeah I like playing tip now it's, it's enjoyable you know I have some great friends within that tip, tip panel as well you know that we went to, went, would have went to college with so there's a nice healthy rivalry there and um, no we've always enjoyed those those games with, with with them lads you know and I suppose it's like you with Kilkenny last week um, there's a great you know there's great respect between the teams. You know, there's there's none of this mountain or any of that kind of antics goes on. It's it's good hurling and it's tough hurling and it's uh, it's man to man stuff. You know, there's no there's no rubbish. There's not play acting or anything like that, which, which I really enjoy about about those lads. How did you feel the, the game it kind of evolved for you? The battle, like Kenny were going to bring it. They did bring it. It was close. It was even level with about ten minutes to go. What was it like to play in that final there a couple weeks ago, Dara? Yeah, playing it. No, I didn't do much playing it. I was, uh, was a poor performance now for myself. But uh, no, I was lucky. You know, the, the lads, which some great individuals within our group. Um, you know, it was a great team performance overall. Uh, it was a tough game. Can, can you always bring a, a massive challenge? You know, I remember my first day of playing senior against Kilkenny Blow 2017 in Northern Park, and it was a real baptism of fire for us. Uh, I remember Mark and Michael Finley down there in that game, and like 
Michael was my hero growing up. And, you know, that was a real baptism of fire, I suppose. We were kind of in awe of those lads back then, but I suppose going into the game last weekend and I suppose the experiences we've had over the last number of years, you just you just take these things in your stride and you, you have to go after these lads, you know, and I suppose you have a level of respect for them, but you can't be you can't be looking up to them either, you know. You look at TJ there, TJ probably go down as probably the greatest, the greatest hurler of all time, you know. No disrespect to any other player, but TJ's phenomenal player. You know, to you know, to be playing against them guys, it's it's phenomenal. Michael Fenley, why was he your hero? What did you model your play on when you're looking up to him as it were? I suppose Michael, like, you know, we had Michael down to our own club in 2013, presenting uh, medals as, as minors. We were actually winning a minor championship. And I suppose I watched Michael in previous years gone by. Uh, I suppose I was modeling kind of the position he was playing and, and kind of the work rate of Michael and uh, the athleticism of him and his overall round hurling ability, you know, I think people, you know, people speak about his athleticism and his strength and, you know, his work rate, but I think he was a, he was a phenomenal hurler as well, you know, I think back to that 2011 All-Ireland final and the goal he got in that game, I remember sitting in the, the Cusick stand that day with my dad and we, I was on the lower in, on the lower tier there, I remember seeing that goal and it was just, it was a cracker of a goal, like, cracker of a goal. Michael, uh, he always seemed to be the, the perfect, the perfect uh, professional, you know, what does a midfield play like nowadays? Because it's not like maybe the, day, the days of John Fenton, for example, in the 80s, and there was dominant players. It seems to be like an engine room now with yourself and William O'Donoghue. Is that an apt description? Yeah, I think it, William is the engine now. I'm only, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're the, the boats, I think, you know what I mean? You're the car. You're the fast car. Uh, I, no, it's not even about that, no. Um, you know, look, I'm a very ordinary player within that group. Um, this, look, like playing midfield... Nowadays, it's kind of a link. You're kind of a link between the defence and attack. And I suppose, you know, we've all had to develop our, our games over time and develop the way our style of play is. So, look, we're just there to, to facilitate other guys and to, to get lads into the game, maybe making those passes between the half-back line to, to the half-forward and things like that. And I suppose teams are adapting as well. You know, you see there's there's you'll have different players in different counties play different ways. You know, you look at Adrian Mullen there who's a phenomenal player, you know, and he, he, he would get a lot of scores here. But then you have someone like Willem there in Limerick, like him. The work rate of Willem is just it's phenomenal. It's, he's just a great team player. And as many lads within our group would have quoted, you know, I'd rather him on my team than on someone else's team, you know. Mm. How have you found Limerick's play has evolved since 2018? It was a very emotional day, 45 years to come win that All-Ireland against Galway. You're now three in a row champions. What has changed in that period for you as a team, do you think, Dara? Yeah, I suppose 2018, you know, sitting down with Keane on Tuesday, we were just chatting about this at breakfast and we were just saying, you know, 2018 will never happen again. Happen again. Well, we hope it won't ever happen again or won't have to happen again for Limerick Hurling. You know that it would have to wait that length of time for um for an Ireland. I suppose back then, as we were kind of young lads, and there was no expectations really. You know, you know, you just went with the flow. Um, you know, it was a massive hurdle to come over, and there were so many good players that went by Limerick in the forty-five years previous and never won a championship. And I suppose that was a very, very emotional time for for a lot of people within Limerick. You know, past players we just left our panel as well. You know, it was tough times for them. But uh, since then, I suppose, we just always said we wanted to, to continue on. We didn't want to stop in 2018. We didn't want that to be the, the, the fine definition of our legacy, you know. So, you know, you, 
when you when you win once, you want to go again. Like it's like a drug, you know. It's that high and that emotion, you know. You you want that that those fifteen seconds after the final whistle is blown in All Ireland final. That's special, you know. When you hear the the anthem of your county, you know, playing in the background, works for Limerick, it's for dreams, for Kilkenny, it's the Rose Mankind. That thing, that's that's very special. Like that, that makes the hairs in the back of your neck stand up, you know. That's the essence of what it's all about, isn't it, Dara? And just in terms of, like, I suppose we all talk about tactics and we all talk about the matches and physicality and, and all that kind of thing, but the skills of the game, how do you, how, how much, is there a lot about repetition, about when it's about movement and about striking the ball and about um, controlling the slitter? How have you been working on the skills of your game over the last few years? I suppose in terms of myself, like in terms of working on my skill, like ball, it was always something that I was into, you know, Eamon um, Cregan, would have drilled that into us as a young lad when we were in, in the academy in Limerick, you know. Eamon has been a great influence on a lot of lads within that group on their careers, you know, whether it was through the academy, right through to college in Mary I, um, and Eamon would have always harped on about, you know, the time to spend in the ball alley and to be honing those skills. And I suppose, you know, for myself, it's it's definitely something that I, I would focus on a lot. Um, it's just getting those few pucks in there's 15, 20 minutes every day off the wall, you know, bringing a hurley with you to work and heading down to a, a ball wall somewhere locally and just poking a few balls or if it's in the gym before training and just poking the ball off the wall there. I suppose the more, the more time you have the ball in your hand, the more comfortable you, you'll get with it. You know, I suppose it goes back to an example of Pat Lamb when he came into Connacht from back, I think it was 2016 or 17 and everyone got a rugby ball. You know, they were all given a rugby ball going home and it was, so they become comfortable with the ball in their hand. And I think it's the same for hurling, same for football, same for soccer. You know, that's what the game is played with the ball. Yeah. The academy, how large has that been in terms of making Limerick the, the, these champions? Because everybody's all the academy. But what is the academy? It sounds like a Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Right? <laughs> you know, it sounds like a sexy term, doesn't it? The, yeah. the academy, you know, it's kind of a buzzword. But like, I suppose McManus family and Jerry in particular, you know, put an awful lot of focus into that. John McKenna, Aerody. Um, you know, they got the right people involved in it. Um, you know, Shane Fitzgibbon was there early on. Then we had Brian Ryan and Jerry Wallace. Like, um, these guys, you know, it was a Saturday morning in Newell, it was a Tuesday evening in Newell in the gym, it was a Friday evening in Newell in the gym. You know, this would go on throughout the winters. And, uh, you know, them Saturday mornings with Jerry Wallace and Brian Ryan up in the, the 4G in. And well, they were they were tough mornings, you know. Jerry had often decided bring your runners as we were going for two or three mile run after training, you know, after doing an hour and a half training. And I suppose they embedded a culture into into the group and they kind of created that winning mindset. There was what I really enjoyed about Jerry when he came into the into the academy setup was that uh, you know, there'd always be a big speech after training and it would kind of get you going and you'd be going home for training and say, Jeez, I, I, I want to go back to training again, you know. And, uh, you know, they, they got the right people that fitted the right group of players at the right time, you know. And then we were able to go on to um, 2015 and, you know, it was our first uh, encounter with John, I suppose. The rest is history. What are John's attributes? John? John has so, so many attributes. Uh, you know, you couldn't... The, the list would be endless, but, like, I think... You know, his leadership skills are just, they're, they're phenomenal. But he's a great learner. John is a great learner. He's always learning. There's always something different. There's something, he's growing. It's, it's, his growth potential is, is phenomenal. If you were there, when we would have started out with him in 2015 as a manager to where he is now, like it's just, 
just going up levels and levels every year, you know. So, you know, he's a great family man as well, John. That's one thing you really compliment about, about him. Like, even last week, just seeing the Woodlands there, his wife and his kids by his side the whole time, you know. It's, it's a, you know, he's a very humble human being, like, you know. Is he much of a talker? Oh yeah, he likes he likes the talking. Yeah, he gets <laughs> as the nights get later, he talks a bit longer. You, know? but, you don't want to get the on the wrong side of him either. I've had a few of those conversations. You know, right? They're getting the the hair dryer treatments. And, uh, yeah, um, is is that a, is that a little bit unnerving? Uh, it is. It can be. Yeah, but I suppose that's his that's his job. You know, it's his job yeah. to challenge us and to get the best out of us. And uh, I suppose I had a. I had a, a two-month sabbatical in the States there um, last winter, so I had a, I had put up a, a few extra pounds, and I suppose he was challenging me all year to lose that weight, and I suppose sometimes I need to even look into more so this winter. So, but no, it's all part of it, isn't it? Well, you have to have a degree of distance, don't you? You can't be the mate of the players, but you have to have that leadership as well. Um, but I think he's able to balance it, isn't he? He, he absolutely is. No, John, is, he's, that, he's got that teacher... My, uh, mindset, you know, like John could grill you, you know, and you could meet him five minutes later, he'd be all about you, you know what I mean? You have to have that, you know, and it's, it's a great characteristic of his, you know, and I suppose it's something that we can all carry, you know, we can learn from him and we can apply to our own lives. What is the Paul Connerk philosophy then in terms of coaching? Uh, because it, once again, it's all oh, Paul Connerk is this um, alchemist, but what is the reality of that, I suppose? Uh, look, I suppose Paul is. Paul is Paul, like you know, he's uh, he's just a modern, he's a, a modern day coach. I suppose he's breaking barriers, and I suppose everyone is very high in demand. I suppose everyone wants wants a piece of him, and you know, I suppose he's not doing anything different to what probably most coaches are doing in other counties. I suppose just the way he's applying it, and just the demands he's putting on us, and I suppose it's the demands that the players are putting on themselves too. You know, I suppose. Um, holding each other accountable every night of training and to the games that Paul is supplying to us at training as well. Uh, you know, the lads are there to facilitate but the players will, will drive it, you know, the players have to drive drive those sessions, you know. Paul, like his, the influence he's had in our careers is we'll never, we'll never meet anyone like that again. It's, it's actually, what I find is very challenging is when you're going back and you're working with a different coach maybe at club level and you're like, you're comparing everything to uh, what Paul right. do. actually met um Colin Ryan, the former clear herder there a couple of weeks ago, and he was just chatting about it. He's saying how oh, he finds it so frustrating when he goes and he meets another coach. You were comparing it to Paul, I suppose. You know, it's it's like when you had a teacher in school and the teacher was really, really good, and a new teacher comes in and you're, you're comparing and saying, Oh, that's not that's not how Paul would do it, you know. So look, it's, what, uh, sets up, what sets them apart then? Is it is it breaking the, the play down into sectors? Is it the possession game? What is it? Yeah, I suppose there's loads of different elements, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, puck outs, um, you know, keeping the ball, uh, you know, working on tackling. You know, there's there's so there's so many different, I suppose he's taken a lot of his ideas from different sports and as well, and he's applied them to, to hurling. Like, you know, he'd, he's a scientist in, in, in itself, you know. Um, I'm sure he's very high in demand throughout, throughout the GA and throughout many other sports and, I don't think uh, GA is where Paul will finish, and I think he'll, uh, you know, he's going to go go further and further. I know he's an ambitious guy as it is, you know. Just in terms of the season, Dara, the league, you know, it wasn't nothing special, but you were able to just find a pitch for performance against Cork the first day in Porky Creef. How can you just turn that on? And 
what was the kind of way of just being able to just get into gear? I wouldn't say like you know that the league was all in all of it. Right. Um, like I remember the first game I was watching it at home, and you know against Wexford, still could have won that game. You know, it was nip and tuck dead on. Um, won the final week we played Galway. You know, we were winning at halftime. Garol got sent after us after halftime. Very hard to play against a team like Galway with fourteen and fifteen. You know, that could have been four points in the board. But then we went in against Cork, and obviously Cork were going to come with their dander up after the All-Ireland final previously, and they gave us a bit of a licking, you know, but I suppose we weren't panicking, you know. You know, we, we, we weren't panicking in terms of our group. You know, I suppose we, we always knew that we would get it right when we needed to get it right, you know. We were pushing each other, pushing each other every night of training, and I suppose... When other teams were were tapering off for to play Limerick in league games, we were ramping up the tempo of training. You know, we weren't tapering it down; we were ramping it up. So, um, but we were, we had we had our eyes set on Parky Cueve in April, and you know, we paid dividends. The Munster final, it was obviously through the round robin, and you were unbeaten in the round robin. It was a day. I think Anthony Daly kind of uses uses this quote that it's a day you tell your kids and your grandkids about. Yeah, it was kind of a war of attrition, wasn't it? Um, it was, I suppose, the quality of the hurling wasn't wasn't the best, but I suppose the, the battle that was there was just phenomenal, and the the intensity Clare brought to that game was was, it was something else, you know. And I suppose our lads matched that intensity as well. Um, just the effort of our group that day, the lads that came in off the bench, the effort of those guys that day, um, they got us over the line in that game. You know, the likes of Dave Reedy, Connor Boylan, Graham, um, those lads, they drove it on, Oshie in there as well. You know, those lads really, really pushed us on in that game. You just knackered, Dara. Like, it just felt, I was watching it being down there in Thurlis, it looked, there was a rain. It just felt so claustrophobic. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, I suppose it was the first kind of game as such since COVID had hit that, you know, you had a full stadium, you know, and... Maybe it was kind of an unnatural for players that, you know, we're back into Semple Stadium, 45,000, 50,000 people in here. And, you know, everyone down on top of each other, that rain, clear Limerick, who had the game in, in us, you know, they're kind of a, it was kind of in a shadow box in the, the far night previous. So, yeah, it was, it was a fair game, though. It was a fair game. And uh, it's probably the moment of the year was Tony Kelly, wasn't it? Oh yeah, in fairness, like that, what Tony done in that game was, uh, was it was class. Like you know, it was a, uh, it was a special, a special thing to witness and see. But look, Tony's a phenomenal player, and no different to some of the players we have in our group, who are, who are just as equally as good. You know, so he's a guy we we would all have great respect for, and I think he, he every every acknowledgement he gets, he deserves. Garrett Haggerty had a great goal in that game and played so well in the final then against Kilkenny. And Dermot Burns has had a great year, hasn't he? Like yeah. be able to those frees, you know, he just they're just like like he's shooting peas. They're just going straight over the bar all the time. That must give you huge confidence as a player in the trenches with him. Uh, it's unbelievable. As I say to Burns, uh, every night I'd be kind of uh, would be I'd be following him when he'd be doing the shooting. I'd say do the trademark there, Dermot. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh, he has that trademark where he. Just steps onto the right and it's uh, bends it like a golfer, you know. And Ashford Dermot is just 
the levels he goes, he's going at the minute is just it's phenomenal. He's he's a, he's, a, he's a class player, but at the end of it all, Dermot is a very humble human being, you know, and very nice guy. Um, he always makes time for everyone, and it mightn't be very known outside of our group, but he's he's a phenomenal leader. He's a phenomenal leader, and he's a great example to every player within our group. The Galway game, did that stand to you in the final, given you really had to dig it out against Galway? Did that stand to you, do you think, against Kilkenny, or are these just treated as separate games in a way? Oh, definitely, yeah. The, the Galway game, um, the intensity Galway brought to that game, um, they brought, you know, they brought an awful lot to that game. Um, it's no, it's no, it's no secret how, how hard that Galway team work. Um, like, you, when you think of, their best forward, Conor Whelan, how hard he works. You know, he sets the example for them lads. And, you know, that game could have easily went Galway's way. Um, you know, with five minutes to go, they look to be in the driving seat. We're lucky Dave there came on and got three great scores. Keen, you know, the, the difference he made coming onto the field and the, the way he was attracting players to him and it was opening up spaces for other guys. Um, look, like... The way I look at this, there's seven or eight teams, maybe ten, you know, that could win this championship any year. The Lee McCarthy Championship, all the teams competing in it, they could win it, you know, there's potential any team could win it. But you did it against Kilkenny. You've probably beaten everybody now. Um, what do you think the key was to just getting over the line in the final, Dara? Um, I suppose experience, as such, I suppose that experience we've had over the last couple of years. Um, the the performance of, of certain individuals in that game, you know, you know, our half Ireland in that game, the performance of them three lads was just, it was off the charts. You know, like your old performance in that game, Kyle and Tom, like they, they were just, they were just class, like in our, our half backline as well, just equally as good. And um, performance of Declan, like I think Declan's probably the most underrated hurler in the country. You know, I know people laugh at that, but he is like, I like, People are on about hurlers of the years and the airmen and things of that. And like, why isn't Declan in that in that category? Like, he's I've never seen the man have a bad bad performance. You know, he's such a such a good player. When you're in the midfield, you're going through a lot of work, Tara and William as well. So often, sometimes you're not on the pitch at the end. Are you, it's happened a couple of times all Ireland finals. Are you just going mad on the sideline, or how how are you feeling when you're not actually on on the field of play? I'm taking a break anyway. Do that, John. I'm taking a break when I get off and. Uh, I'm trying to uh, bring down the heart rate a small bit. Um, it's, you know, it's midfield like, I suppose, teams now are pushing up a lot more on myself and William than it would have been before. So we're getting that bit more attention um, and they're getting a bit more physical with us. And credit to the lads, the Kilkenny lads, they, they, they kept us kept us out of the game as much as they could. Um, but yeah, when you're, when you're getting off that pitch, I, <laughs> um, you know, you <laughs> know, it's not it's not a nice position to be in because you're not in control of it anymore. So you're kind of looking out, uh, you're peaking kind of more so than, than looking at it. But I have full trust in the lads that are out there that they're going to get that job done. You know? It's amazing for the Limerick people, isn't it? All those disappointments. I remember being there in 94, uh, the Offaly game, 96, Wexford. You'd think surely they'd win one and they didn't. And for it, it, it's, it's, it's a movement of people now that are just probably... Planning their whole summer around this, going to these games, getting their kids involved—it's—it's it's really ignited the county, hasn't it? Yeah, it's great for it's great for the Limerick people, you know. And um, you know, it's—I suppose we can't get carried away with ourselves either because we know how hard it was 
you know, for for us for so long, and how we were down in the in the in the doldrums for so long. So it's important that we don't get carried away ourselves either, and that you know we acknowledge that this group of players, you know, won't be around forever. But as long as we're there, we're going to work as hard as we can to to make Limerick as successful as they can, to give those supporters as much entertainment as we can, and to make their summer summers as long as as we can. Uh, Brian Cody stepped down last week and John Kiley was on the show last Saturday and he told us that Brian came into the dressing room and obviously there's huge respect for Brian and we won't see another like him, I don't think, will we, Dara? Absolutely not. No, it's like the he's the Sir Alex Ferguson of 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 Harlan. He's the, the Vince Lombardi of it. He's you know, you go across all those sports, he's he's the man, like, you know, and the presence of him within the room and uh, in our dressing room. You know, I go back to even 2017 when he came in and some of the words he spoke about with Nolan Park that night. You know, that, you know he's, you can see why he's been so successful. You know, and you always see clips of him there online and him speaking at seems a web summit. And, you know, the demands that he would have on guys. And I suppose we, we all admire Brian and I wish him all the best in, in his retirement. And um, look, he, he, I'm sure he'll, he'll enjoy, he'll enjoy getting involved now maybe his club and things like that and if he's ever uh, looking for a job he might come down to Dune there sometimes <laughs> he wants to do that as well <laughs> it's funny we see him all the time we see him on the sideline but I'm sure when, the, when he's in the dressing room there's the aura you can feel the aura do you? yeah yeah Dude, just this presence like you know he marches around the room he can he just the whole room gets his attention and you know he's he's a very humble man Brian so uh, no, I'd have the utmost respect for him. Utmost respect for him. And he's, uh, the way his teams have always carried themselves, that Kilkenny team, I've never heard a bad story about any of those guys. And uh, it's, a, it's a mark of Brian's, uh, of Brian's management skills. Would you model yourselves in them at all, uh, Dara? That Sorry. Kilkenny team? Would you model yourselves in that Kilkenny team? Oh, yeah. Like, John, growing up, I would have went to every All-Ireland. My dad would have taken me to every All-Ireland. Like, so many of those Kilkenny players... Um, you know, they would have been heroes of mine and lads that I would looked up to. And, you know, you still even risk the so much respect you'd have for these guys, you know. Um, if you met them, I'd be in awe of some of them if I met them, you know. Um, like, meet DJ Carey, I'm back a few years ago at a, after a college game and he shaked my hand and he came up talk to me. And it's like, <laughs> I was kind of in shock, you know, that he would come up chatting. And look, they're, they're, they're such a good team, you know. Um, they're just they're, the character they had though was, was phenomenal like when you think back Tommy Walsh JJ Delaney Michael Rice you know Martin Comerford Henry you know there's so many of them you, you, you don't want to leave anyone out you know yeah yeah and does that then give you a hunger to chase this four in a row because obviously sometimes when hunger is sated it's hard sometimes to motivate yourself it's almost a professional game now is it something you find easier with every year? Or is it a little bit more difficult every year? I suppose the game is getting the demands of the game, the demands of the sport are getting tougher and tougher. And you'd have to wonder where the demands of the game are going to be in 10 to 15 years' time. And, you know, when when my kids and things like that start playing, like, you know, where where's that where is hurling and football? Where's it going to be at then? You know, because if you look at where it is right now. To where it was ten years ago, and the demands, the physical demands, like where's it going to go? Where's it going to finish? You know, it's only going to grow. Like, so are you, are you are you finding it difficult then with the work life balance, or is it is it hard? 
Yeah, like I think the work-life balance is, is becoming challenging and more challenging for guys every year. Um, like I suppose if you if you want to if you want to get a better job, that means and you want to get better pay, that means you're taking on more responsibility, which is taking up more of your time. You know, which means that maybe you've less time to dedicate to your your sport in terms of your nutrition, your strength conditioning, getting to train and being there early, doing your recovery work. So it is it is getting more and more difficult. I would think that you'll see a lot of lads. You can see it across the board anyway that um, players are dropping off, you know, in t- in, especially in counties that, that aren't as successful. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's a challenge for the Amateur Status Association in time? I, I, I would think so. I would be a believer of that. Um, that it's definitely something that they may have to look into in time. You know, even if it was like, it's the financials of, the, of it all now, you know, even your nutrition, things like that, like, the cost of that even at the minute is it's just you know and you're you're getting very little uh, support in terms of you know you know we get in fairness to the for the GA there's a there's there's 80 euros kind of a discount there every every month but you know is that really going to suffice over time I, I'm not so sure are the expenses enough um like the expenses yeah they cover your diesel they cover your petrol whatever it is um but like there was eighty two and a half thousand people in Crow Park last Sunday for the for the football final. Some of those that's probably to go back to work Tuesday, you know, and the demands that are put being put in guys, it's ninety euros for a ticket, you know. Could could there be something done there to maybe give players a bit more of an incentive? Maybe could there be I know Tom Marcy done a fantastic study there a couple of years ago on whether we could bring in some kind of a tax break tax break for GA players. You know, so but look, it's it's probably a conversation to be had. Yeah, to people that know a lot more about it than I. But I would be, I would be thinking there's a lot more GA players out there that would 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 have the same thoughts as myself, but they may not want to speak out about it because I think there will be a cancel kind of a culture. You know, people who want to knock you down and say no, 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 no. You sit, you sit down there and be quiet, like you know. Has the split season helped? Are you in a fan of it? Um. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about it. I'm not so sure. Why? Uh, you know, let's say you take an intercounty player maybe that went back training last November, right? And they didn't finish up. His county didn't finish up till early July. He's back into his club season a week later. He's continued his training. Let's see his club get to Munster Club final. That's November. So it's going to be that intercounty player is going to be playing all year round. So, does that intercounty player get a break? I'm not so sure. You know, look, you look, you take the Ballyhale Shamrock sets. Did they get? Do they get any break? Are they going to get any break? Like you know. So I like even you know how how we um, if the World Cup had been on this summer, you know, it, the World Cup final may have been on the same weekend as the All Ireland hurling final. Would we have got the same amount of people watching the game? They've got the same coverage. Would the demand have been the same for for the sport? You know, and uh, so look like we. I, I suppose that's conversations for for guys that know a lot more about these things. Yeah, are, are yeah. than I am, but that would be my my opinion on it. I think that the game can grow so much, and I think hurling in particular, a lot more can be done to promote our players. You know, like h- how many kids around Ireland would know a certain amount of players? They only know. 10, 15 players with their helmets off. You know, whereas they're Gaelic footballers. I, I could, if 
100 Gaelic footballers in Ireland walked into, into my office here, I, I'd know who they were, you know what I mean? Whereas hurlers, I wouldn't even know some some hurlers in other counties with their helmets off, you know. So I think more can be done to promote, to promote hurling. Yeah, absolutely. And get it into other counties. And mm-hmm. we're interested to see we have Kilkenny have a vacancy. Cork have got just got a new manager. Waterford have a vacancy. Tipperary just got a new manager. Dublin have going to be changing their manager. They're all there to shoot at Limerick next year, uh, Dara. Oh, I tell you, I just want to. There's going to be a lot of appetite within those within within those counties, you know, and the, all those lads that you've rattled off there, all those counties. There's uh, the squads and the panel of players that are there. They're just, I think, Curlin is at a very is in a very very healthy state at the minute. Um, as I said to you earlier on, I I think I I fully believe that every team competing the the McCarthy can win it. You know, starting out at the start of the season, every team could win it. You know, there's no team that you will be going in and saying, you know, we're going to beat these no matter. No, that doesn't, that's not happening. Yet. What's life uh, like outside of um, the hurling pitch for you, uh, Dara? Uh, you know, your other half is Ashley Thompson of Cork. Is there much chat about the hurling between you? Or just you know, no, no J talk whatsoever? <laughs> yeah, sometimes it'll be no J talk, sometimes it'll be all J talk. It'll be a few rows. Uh, <laughs> Cork Limerick thing, uh, we'd have a few debates about that, but uh, no, it's uh, Ashling is doing very well, and you know, it was she had a great performance last Saturday, and we're all very happy for her. And you know, I hope they can drive on now next next Sunday, and uh, I might give Cork another cheer next Sunday. So uh, <laughs> very um, good. It, it will be great to see them win because, you know, in fairness, Davy has done some great things with them there this year, and I know that that Ashling has a great time for Davy, and a lot of the girls have, you know, so. Um, it will be it will be great to great to see him be successful. And you're a Man United man for your sins. Yeah, for my sins, it's been a tough couple of years now. Tough couple of years. <laughs> I think uh, Ten Hag is is gonna is gonna do the business. Um, I suppose there was that group of players. I suppose you think of when you're talking about professional. They're not the very most professional players at all. You're talking about leaks and dressing rooms. You say you'd never hear a beep out of a, a GA dressing room. Next while you have professional soccer players and. 200, 300k a week and there's rumours flying left, right and centre but Man United, yeah, hopefully I might get out now to a game in the next next couple of months Um, get out and see them, I've been chatting to a few of the boys actually about it, we have a little mini Man United supporters club going on in the in the group, we're taking on Hego's um, Liverpool supporters club, there's a oh. few of those so uh, yeah, but look it's, uh, it's all good banter, you know bit of slagging, bit of slagging it seems like you've got a great group, Limerick. You've got a great culture. You all get on. You're all mates, and that, you know, that's maybe why you're still going and still at the top here. Yeah, no, look, there's there's great friendships there, John. There's there's great friendships there. Like, um, all my closest friends, I used to pick up the phone to them. To them, it's within that group, you know. There, there's some great lads there, and through tough times, you know, we all have tough times, and those lads would be the first lads to be at your door. Uh, they'd be first lads to pick up the phone, they first lads to put the arm around their shoulder. And, you know, they're family as such. And if you were going on holidays, they'd be the first lads you'd be saying, will we head here, you know. I know a good few of the lads, they move into a house with each other during the summer. You know, these lads, uh, I'm just lucky enough to be a part of it, to be to have that, to have these kind of friends that are, you know, are so good to each other. And it's uh, like, you know, I, I always use Keen as the example, you know, it's, He's the David Beckham within our group, but he, he's also a phenomenal player, you know, and everyone knows Keane and just the humility of the man, you know, and the friendship of him, you know, 
he's always something good to say to everyone. He's always putting an arm around someone's shoulder. And even when he got that injury, I tried in the previous week, he'd always find a positive from it. And he wasn't going to let that bring down the rest of the group. He's a handy soccer player as well. I, uh, he's not too bad. Centre half, he reckons. Uh, <laughs> You know, he was uh, he was telling John Terry he was available for uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the pro am. So I don't know if John wanted to pick up the phone to know, but yeah. Did you play the pro am down at there? No. Oh, uh, we didn't. We didn't get the we didn't get the luxury now playing it. But oh. we, we we got we got to walk around and uh, in fairness to JP and Noreen, they're just phenomenal people, phenomenal family, and. You know, the access they gave us to, to players on that day was just was class. I got to meet Tiger Woods and, you know, got to meet Shane Lowry and Dustin Johnson and these lads and uh, got to meet some 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 soccer players as well, Michael Carrick, which was, to me, that was as good as meeting Tiger Woods, you know. <laughs> you know, it, it was, we are so grateful to JP and Noreen and, you know, that was a great day out for us and I suppose the reward they gave us on that Monday, I hope we repaid them the uh, 13 days later in Crow Park on 17th July so uh, you know I'm sure they were they were happy with to have Lee, Lee McCarthy back yeah no I, I think he did repay it to be fair Dara and just to finish the, the people in Limerick you know the young girls and boys I'm sure they're picking up pearls more than they used to 15-20 years ago uh, I'm sure you've seen a growth in the game in the county yeah funny enough John as you say that I was uh I was driving through Gary Owen the other evening and Gary Owen wouldn't be known for its uh, wouldn't be known for its hurling and there's three or four kids inside of the hurlies and you know, which was class to see. And even last week, um, last Thursday evening, myself, Keen, Graham and Oshin, we were coming from Kilmallock and we said we'd go into uh Balnacora, which would be, you know, it'd be kind of a tough area in Limerick. And we just went in there and we met a couple of supporters, we took a few photos with them and Sign a few hurlies and jerseys and things of like that, and I suppose for us it's to try and inspire, inspire the next generation. As worse Limerick has always been a, a city and a town that's always been put down, and we just want to put it on the map as a great place and give these kids something to look up to because the best hurlers are yet to come and they will come, and hopefully they'll be coming from Limerick. Well, Dara Donovan, you're an absolute gentleman to speak to off the ball Saturday here on News Talk. For all Ireland's ain't too bad, and hopefully uh, you'll be uh, right there for four in a row next year. Uh, great to speak to you and uh, mind yourself. Thanks, John. Thanks a minute.